life transformational coach, professional speaker and author, he is passionate about making a difference. He loves achieving and contributing to outcome focused results. He empowers his learners through transformational seminars, customized indoor sessions, energizing outbound programs, innovative and engaging virtual sessions and insightful one-to-one personalized coaching. He is the author of 6 books. His first book Design Your Life was published in 2017 and another book Million Dollar Second published by CNBC TV 18 and endorsed by Brian Tracy is his super hit bestseller. In today's episode let us chat with Brigadier Sushil Bhasin on Battlefield to Boardroom Military Leadership Applied in the Corporate Environment. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a Better Future. Folks I'm your host Navin Samala. just a fellow it professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe through the guiding voice we help successful leaders share their knowledge and wisdom with the world and our audience will acquire more knowledge per every minute by tuning into our podcast than any other podcast in this space thank you so much for joining me and we are extremely pleased to have sushil part of our journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe Sushil ji hearty welcome to the guiding voice and i'm super excited and humbled to have you as a guest thank you navin thank you very much and a salute to you and your viewers thank you very much honored to be here on this uh, wonderful platform and congratulations to you for your 250th episode that you have just done i think you're doing a great job by transferring and uh, guiding people through your voice through various voices so that you can spread knowledge spread ideas which can be a value add in people's lives thank you all right so pleasure to have you uh, sushil ji and in fact uh, i've gone through your uh, talks and your podcasts they are so rich in knowledge thoroughly enjoyed each one of those conversations and i'm super excited about uh, our conversation today and without further ado let's get started Can you share briefly about your career journey how you transitioned from battlefield to coaching and along that what are top 3 things that have helped you so far to be successful in your professional life and i always see you beaming with energy motivating others and all right so let's talk about those aspects as well in the next set of questions but let's start with your career journey I was very fortunate that God gave me a beautiful place like Shimla to be spending my childhood in and um, right there a seed of joining the army got sown when I used to be walking to the school and I used to find bunches of army officers marching up to command headquarters I have never had anyone in my family for the you know we have I've covered at least six generation there's nobody in the family who ever was in the army I mean I had no knowledge about the army but I was just got inspired by these people and then long story short just out of my perseverance and you know they say if you manifest something it happens I landed up in scenic school much against the wishes of my parents so i took advantage of my grandfather's love for me so i took that route because i knew my parents are not agreeing and yeah in those days you know when i told my grandfather he says who's your father to stop you i am there na you you go ahead today i don't think if he can do that also anyway so then four and a half years in scenic school so i've done three schools loreto convent shimla st edward shimla and then scenic school kapurthala once you went to scenic school there was just one single aim to join the army there i i've never 
I have never had the opportunity of thinking of another career. So it is never comparing, should I do this or that? Huh, maybe only for a few hours, maybe when I said, should I join the army, the navy or the air force? But then I think I was very strong about the army, not for any other reason, didn't know much about navy, air force in any case. Anyway, so landed up in the NDA and got commissioned. Now, the first, you know, I want to tell my viewers, life doesn't work according to your plans. You must plan. You must plan, but don't expect the plan to work. So you should be prepared with what we call in the army contingency plans. And if you are not prepared, you're going to be hit hard. If you're prepared, you will be hit softer. That means you're prepared. Okay. So whatever we, so I plan to be in the infantry. I joined the Bihar regiment looking up that, okay, one day I'll be a general. Because that is what everyone, when you join the army, you're ambitious to be at the top. But right in the beginning, in the very first year, because of a problem that I had with my back in the IMA itself, I started having a problem. In five years' time, the back problem had aggravated and there was no other option for me than to transfer to ASC. Army Service Score is a logistic score of the uh, army. So it is not as glamorous. It is not as, it doesn't have the type of glamour that the infantry or the armoured corps has. And also, the moment you come to ASC, you have deprived yourself. You can't be a commander. You can't be a div commander. You can't be a brigade commander. You can't be a army commander. All that, you know, that means that part of your life, that option is shut off. So I joined the ASC. And I must tell you a small story here that when I shifted after five years from infantry to ASC, and the first thing happened was that I went for my bios course, young officers course. And... Uh, it was the first day, we were still settling down. And in the evening, I went for dinner. He said, dinner time nahi hai. So I went to the bar. I, 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 at that time, I was a total teetotaler. I was, uh, for 13 years of my service, I was a teetotaler. So I went to the bar only because there's no other place. So there I found one senior officer sitting, having, having a drink. He welcomed me. I sat down on that bar stool next to him. And he said something. He got to know I'm ex-NDA, he was ex-NDA. In ASC, we don't have many ex-NDA officers. So he said, Sushil, if you are going to, you know, you've shifted your tracks, you've come to ASC, you're going to do your first course, make sure that the first course you do very well. This course sends a benchmark. Whatever standard you set, firstly, it becomes a standard for yourself. You will not, if you, you know, we have a category in all courses in the army, we have something called Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, A, B, C. So these are the gradings. A, A grading is a top. So he says, if you get an alpha on this course, you will continue to get alphas. One, that people get biased that, oh, he's an alpha material. And the second thing is, more importantly, you set a standard for yourself. You stand a benchmark and you will not like to come below that. So that was the beginning. I was five years late in my race, in my journey. But that was the beginning of a little upturn. So I got an alpha. I topped my course. I soon went for a driving and maintenance course, topped that also, became an instructor there first, and so on and so forth. And many years later, I commanded that establishment. And that's the only place an ASC officer gets to command an all-arms team. So Naveen, it was a journey that was going on very well. And according to... The trends that were happening according to my performance, I'd done higher command course, which at that point of time means you are number one in your course. 
Okay, so it was going on very well till 2002. 2002, I was posted to Bareilly and I was told you'll be the chairman of the army school. So when I landed up, I asked, uh, you know, my boss said that, Sushil, I know you'll do your professional job very well, but I have a challenging task. You'll be the chairman of the army school. I said, sir, everyone is telling me that that's going to be tough, but what's the problem there? So he explained to me, he said that there has been no consistency in the principle. We've had we've had five principles change in two years and that was a big issue. <laughs> and there was no principle there, there's no direction and there's a problem. Mm-hmm. So please do something about it. I got into the car, you know, sometimes there are moments in your life, a small moment which has a large impact. I got into the car to go home, just five minutes drive from office to home. And the thought that came to my mind, my daughter was in class 12, my son was in class 10. And at that point of time, for me, my two children's career was more important than my career. And the question that came to my mind was, wouldn't that be a problem with the 2000 children's parents? They would be having a similar ambition from their children, similar concern for their children's career. I reached home, I told my wife, I don't know what I do in the office. I will empower, I will delegate, I will work at night. But I am going to take the school as a primary thing. Again, long story short, let's leave it. But one day, in six months time, the school was changed. I was spending more time in the school than in my office. And I used to do my office work in the evening. I started seeing tremendous results coming up. One fine day, there was a newspaper, a Hindi newspaper in Bareilly called Amar Ujala, which had a headline on the front page saying, Army school mein tufan aya. And it said that there is one brigadier who has come, who sorted out things, not discipline is very good, this, that and the other. And we started getting a lot of admissions. A lot of army officers' children who had gone to convent school started coming back. So that was a journey. And then one day, after about six months, when the school reopened after summer vacations, we had a function at which the head girl of the school came up and said, I want to say a few words to the chairman. And she said a couple of words. And uh, after that, she spoke for about 10 minutes of how the school had changed, how they were children were very happy about it and all, and how they were proud about it. And then she asked me to come on the stage and said, Sorry, just before that, she said, sir, thank you for, you know, at the end of those 10 minutes, the last thing that she said, she said, sir, thank you for restoring our pride in us. Sir, when we used to be playing in the officer's colony where people go to different schools, they used to tease us and say, you go to the army school? And we had nothing to say. Sir, today, they say you go to the army school? And we say, yes. And the whole school stood up and clapped. And that was a moment where I said, I found the purpose of my life. I want to do something for children. So I had six years to go, but I took premature retirement, came out of the army to become an educationist. I said, let me do something for the children. And therefore, I set up a camp with my cousins. So we started doing it. We first wanted to start a school of our own. Then we started a camp in which we did adventure-based outdoor learning. So it was basically learning or education beyond the classroom. So that was the beginning. It started with children, but somehow we did not do anything that should be done when you start a business. We didn't do any business. Survey. We didn't do any market survey. We didn't have a proper business plan. We just had josh. We had that zest. We said, karenge, karenge. But we didn't know how to do it uh, the, uh, the civilian way. We almost set up like an army unit. That camp was just, you know, there's an army flag, type of a flag 
like you enter a unit, there's a quarter guard, there was a shooting range. People used to walk in and say, does this belong to an army officer? It was so much like army look. So that is in uh, the journey. And it's also this journey or this is also on a TEDx talk where I said the purpose of life. That I discovered my purpose of life at the age of 54. I would encourage your viewers to have a look at that because that gives you some further details on how I found the purpose of my life. And then that was 2004. 2004 onwards, when the schools and colleges were not playing up, we had to do corporate training. So today also, even in a LinkedIn post day for yesterday, when I did a college induction program in Pune, and I loved that program. So I always say that my bread and butter comes from the corporate, but I enjoy the jam that I see in the colleges and schools. I still love that. What a powerful message. Yeah. Bread and butter comes from the corporate jam, comes from the colleges and schools. Yeah. In in fact, I also thoroughly enjoy conversing with this uh, bright talent because they come up with so many different ideas and they also help us think uh, outside the box and their passion is something and the curiosity which amazes. Yeah. Right. So, you know, even today, like if you see, yeah. if you just see that uh, the amount of work I've done for students and it's most of it is free. Most of it is free. 90% is free. So this book, Design Your Life, of course, that's not free. So you have to buy it. Design Your Life is for children. It is it is designed for a 10th class student on how to shape your career. So that is Design Your Life. This book got converted into Zindagi Unplugged, 24 episodes. And then when we were Somewhere around 18th episode, I got a call from them to say it's doing very well. <clears throat> Can we extend it to 48? I said, please go ahead. The book had not given me money, but Spotify paid me well enough. They were paying me 20,000 rupees an episode. I was already at uh, 4.8 lakhs. Now it became a 9.6 lakhs contract. I said, go ahead. After that, my YouTube channel, 48 episodes of <clears throat> that. There's another podcast which is on the anvil called Bootcamp of Life. That is all about my army stories and people have been asking for it. And so we have uh, started with that. So I've recorded about four episodes and when we are done with a few more, then we'll roll them out. So that is, and a lot more that I'm doing for the children. Yeah, there is a Instagram live I do every Friday at 6 p.m. A lot of children come there. They ask me a lot of questions. Then I did a Josh talk on... Uh, goal setting in Hindi and that has an app in which now I've got about 3,000 odd fans coming up. I do interact a lot, a lot with children and uh, that gives me a lot of pleasure. Yeah. So throughout this uh, career journey, right, what are top three attributes that have helped you really to succeed and to inspire the uh, rest of the world? See, I'll tell you, one is that there has to be something from inside, some inspiration, some spark. Artificially, karana, you ask anyone to motivate you. Motivation is extrinsic. It, is, it comes from outside. You depend on another source. You are depending on somebody to come and motivate you. You are depending on somebody to come and motivate you. And that is going to be short term. And that motivation can fade away. What you really need is an ignited mind. Something where there is a spark inside. Where you are very, very particular about you know, there's some passion. You want to do something. And a passion with a mission. Passion with a mission. A passion should always also be a passion also with a lot of lot of zeal, a lot of enthusiasm. And if your passion does not have 
a mission with it then it, it can also become a poison so i always say listen passion is good but passion can also be poison which means that if you are so passionate about something but you don't overall see whether that can pay you that can make a good career that can have a long uh, you know long life that passion may become useless one was that there was a very strong desire from inside me i don't know any reasons why it was there how it was there it was there and it is there till today today i know that i like uh, two weeks back i did a keynote speech for a bank i was very unwell i went to the doctor i said i've got a keynote speech people are coming from all over india i can't go and tell them i'm not well i had cough i had cold i had fever i had body ache so i told him kuch bhi karo make me fit by, uh, by day after tomorrow so all antibiotics and all type of steam inhalation and all everything he said i did everything i did i also did lot of manifestation lot of prayers lot of whatever i could do and i reached there those two hours just those two hours the moment i was invited on the stage i don't know from where the energy came and they told me one thing so you are talking talking about leadership and you are talking about time management fine but we also want you to excite these people i want to energize this crowd and i thought to myself i said my own energy is down in the drains main inki energy kahan se launga but the moment i see audience my energy comes from i don't know from where and then after 2 hours when i finished my talk and i went and had a cup of tea within 15 minutes i was coughing all that had come back but the 2 hours not a single time not a single cough not a single sneeze those 2 hours went beautifully it is the audience that excites me it is where you are passionate you will find a way so that is point 1 point 2 is you have to be authentic i found that if you are different to different people you say something do something else authenticity is very important third thing i found that what goes well uh, in anything like this is communication and i am not saying communication skills i am going a step ahead to talk about influencing skills because if i communicate very well which means that what i say you hear very well you understand but you do nothing about it then i am a good communicator but if i am saying something and you start doing it tomorrow then i am a good influencer so i feel that the three things that have really helped me is my ingenuity my authenticity my energy my passion and my result orientation as also being an influencer so amazing so amazing sushil ji now let's move to the next question can you briefly talk about toughest lessons that you learned during your army or the military days yes you know one of the lessons is life will never go according to what you are doing so you will get googlies you will get googlies and you should know how to handle them so i have had very many tough things very thing very first thing when i told you that i had a backache in ima and then i struggled through that for about 2 years after about 1 year i was sent to the hospital in lucknow the doctors made some mistake there used to be something called myelogram there was no mri and all those days there is no ct scan i went through something called myelogram that dye went into uh, you know instead of going into my spinal column it went outside it created havoc for me <coughs> i was on something called the di list dangerously ill list all type of doctors were running around me i knew something is something is strange and uh, something is worrying i came out of that then uh, my back was in a very bad shape for 2 years i came across a doctor and i was posted in a small place called danapur so one day in a party he said so she shall i tell you a sure cure to 
live well. Sure, cure for your backache. Now you know what. और क्या चाहिए मेरे को उस समय जिंदगी में और कुछ नहीं चाहिए था माई वॉन्टेड माई बैक टू बी ऑल राइट अच्छा हाँ सर बताओ ही सेट लर्न टू लिव विद इट आई वॉन्टेड टू गिव एम स्लैप इन द आमी यू कैन डू इट आई वेंट बैक हो टू माई रूम एंड आई यू शुड राइट अ डायरी दोज डेज एंड इन माई डायरी आई सेट वट द हेल्थ डज दिस चैप थिंक ही इज एंड आई रोट टू थ्री अब्यूज फॉर हिम टू से वट द हेल्थ आई एम नॉट गोइंग टू लर्न टू लिव विद इट आई एम गोइंग टू स्ट्रगल एंड गेट आउट ऑफ इट तो देर आर फाइव स्टोरीज ऑन माई वेबसाइट इफ एनी वन गेट्स इंटरेस्टेड जस्ट सी द फाइव स्टोरीज दिस इज वन ऑफ दैम हाउ आई डिसाइडेड दैट आई विल टेक केयर ऑफ माई बैक आई विल कम आउट नो द मोमेंट यू मैनिफेस्ट दैट द मोमेंट यू से आई एम नॉट गोइंग टू एक्सेप्ट दिस डॉक्टर्स वर्शन आई एम नॉट गोइंग टू गिव अप आई एम नॉट गोइंग टू लेट यू नो एंड टूडे एट सेवेंटी वन If day for yesterday, I've done a college induction program, six hours. Now I was not standing all the six hours. I used to sit down once in a while. After a little time, if I found, but if I sat for five minutes, within the sixth minute, I was wanting to get up again because who bed ke maza nahi aata. So I would take a little bit of rest, but still I do a six hours workshop without a problem, even today. So I have handled my own back. So that was one. tough thing that happened then of course my change over from infantry to asc which turned out to be for the good and the lesson learned was that you are enjoy the journey you are on i learned a very good lesson very early in life and i've been talking about that lesson to a lot of people focus on what you have and not on what you don't have or what you should have had or what you had once upon a time i was a cross country blue from nda can i keep crying over it that i could run no i can't run i can't बात खत्म कैन आई डू समथिंग एल्स देर इज अ फ्रेंड ऑफ माइंड गिरीश गोगिया ही इज नॉट कॉल्ड मिस्टर पॉजिटिव मैन सो ही वॉज अ ओशन डाइवर एंड ही डाइव इन टू द ओशन हिट इज हेड ऑन द ग्राउंड ऑन द ओशन बेड एंड वेन ही केम अप ही वॉज फ्लोटिंग सो एनी लॉन्ग स्टोरी शॉर्ट हिज कंप्लीट बॉडी डाउन बिलो द नेक वॉज पैरालाइज एंड आफ्टर थ्री डेज ही सेड एंड ही वॉज यंग मे बी थर्टी ऑर्स हो and he said i started asking god ki what did what did you keep me alive for to be in bed all my life and then he says teen din char din i cried i cursed god everything done then i said how long will i keep crying and then he says while lying down in bed i realized one thing my limbs can't work my body can't work but the entire operational system is here 6 inches above your shoulder is everything where hap- things happen so he says i've got that intact I can think, I can speak, I can smell, I can see. मेरे को problem क्या है? And then he says concentrated on the six inches above his shoulder, and that's what I tell people. That's where your asset is. Look after the six inches above your shoulder. That is what makes a difference. So, so if you focus on what you have and not on what you should have had, and as I said, life is not or success is not a uh, not a destination. It's a journey. enjoy the journey whatever is happening enjoy it and that's what i did i i think in the army uh, lived in sikkim in high altitude lived in deserts in burning hot places uh, i was uh, posted in uh, we we were doing some exercises in pokran and jaisalmer i mean i don't know how how many of people could have uh, gone through a temperature of 54 degrees celsius and we have done that Not even a fan on you talking about your season or fan. Be not here. Tent me hai. Itna gar, itni garmi hai. Any amount you take a bath, you're still sweating because the water is also hot. My God, that that sounds so scary. And I have a story to talk uh, to share. Recently, I have been to this Zino confluence, and there they invited 
one lady her name is uh, shalini saraswati she has been to some uh, south american country on a vacation and the moment she came back right she is infected with some uh, virus or bacteria and uh, she lost her limbs like it started with one hand and it got dropped off and second one and she consulted the doctor and they got to know that it is one of the rarest of the rare infections and uh, finally they have amputated her legs too proactively uh, she she's not able to use her hands or legs at all but uh, again she started thinking positively and now she has become a blade runner right with the inspiration from his from her coach and also those kind of stories really motivate uh, us because people worry about some trivial things though they have everything intact and all but if we when we come across these kind of stories right we are nowhere near to them in terms of the kind yeah, of yeah <laughs> i i normally talk about what's your excuse batao yeah. kya excuse hai main aapko batata hu people with 10 times of that problem still did well yeah absolutely great great uh, conversation sir now let's uh, talk briefly about how this military leadership or the army leadership is different from corporate leadership well, what are your observations it's so fresh in my mind because day for yesterday i did this workshop for with a college in pune called iiebm and what i was talking to them about the uh, i titled my session of 6 hours activity based uh, workshop and i said preparing for the corporate battlefield preparing for the corporate battlefield sunzu is a chinese military leader or a general who is also a thought leader and a military strategist and uh, there are many like clauswitz and all but you know one thing about sunzu is that he's one person who's respected both by india uh, eastern and western armies alike and he wrote in 400 bc something called the art of war which has been translated it's very difficult to read it in chinese in the language it was originally written but art of war is basically all principles of war and he had at that time said that these principles are equally applicable to life and then many of them have been translated into books with say sunzu's art of war for business for management for trading for whatever so many books on that so i had laid my hands on one of these books somewhere in 2004 and 5 when i just came out of the army and i realized because i was new to the corporate world i realized that lot of those things were making sense in 2008 i got a requirement from a company where they wanted to say sir can you teach us leadership differently and i experimented with them by something i named battlefield to boardroom now this name already exists there's a book by that title so it's not my own name but i found that that name was appropriate for the program i was doing so i told these people that in the army we have something called a appreciation which is a which is a process or a method to arrive at the best or the arrive at a sound operational plan if you follow the same thing in the corporate you can arrive at the sound business plan just by following that principle uh, that method so i told them we first talk about terms of reference which means what are your restrictions so you just write down what are the boundaries i have to operate in could be your company says we are only in the rural market maybe your company says that we are only in the indian market so that 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 means that okay i can't go global so i have to focus myself so that is you draw your boundary then i said in the army we say aim 
so that you also have to have an aim, a very clear aim. So the army has a couple of ways of saying, what does that aim mean? There are certain sub parts to it, which I also explained to them and they were also relevant in the corporate world equally. Then we talk about factors and the factors we have ground. So we talk about ground means we talk about the terrain in which we are going to operate. So I said, what I say is terrain, you will say market. My terrain, your market. My enemy, your competitor. My time, your time. My surprise, your surprise. Okay, so I told them that these are the factors we consider. You do similarly. You know, the CEO sitting in the room of that company, he says, I wonder why don't we do this in the corporate world? It's so easy. I said, say, you tell me, you're asking me. You tell me, why don't you do it? So from there, I developed a program called Battlefield to Boardroom, which I do today. And this program, which I did for the for this college, and this college is owned by an army who's a friend of mine. If you go to this college, you'll find there's a tank, a war trophy at the gate. Now they've got a multi-barrel rocket launcher, again as a war trophy. So they've got an army environment. They also follow army ethics like discipline and all that. I picked up this title, Preparing for the Corporate Battlefield. So I feel that the corporate also operates on this, on similar principles. They have to be adapted. So what's happening is that the corporate operates on similar things. Now, what I experienced through 34 years of military leadership Naveen, it's been about 17 years that I've applied that in the corporate world. I've applied all those principles. I've experimented with more than 250 organizations, more than 600 corporate training programs I've done. So I now know very well, not only that which principles apply well, which principles don't, but also I know which principles apply how well. So it's now easy for me because firstly, having experienced military leadership and then whatever I learned from it, I applied it. And now I also run a very, very effective, very powerful corporate training program called Battlefield to Boardroom, which is a six months long coaching program. So now I'm going to convert it into a smaller one because six months, I think people are losing patience. They don't have that patience to go over six months. So I'll create a shorter version of it for about three months very soon. So this is a very powerful comparison. And I think all people who bring some army values into their culture, some people who employ ex-army officers in their companies, they certainly get the benefit out of all these things like discipline, loyalty, integrity, ownership, trust, teamwork. All these things, army officers are brought in. The, you know, you've lived it through it. Your teamwork, right from the beginning, you know that I doesn't work, it has to be we. So you'll find generally an army officer will be a very good team player. You can trust army officers then, and they know how to trust other people because <clears throat> our entire life depends on trust. Other people learn it through lectures and all. We have learned it through life. We have learned it through our own experiences. So it's very, very powerful. And I feel that, you know, now even Simon Sinek has done a couple of videos on why is military leadership the supreme leadership? And he comes around with a lot of solid answers. And I find that although he is talking about the American army, but we find that any army in the world, the culture and the traits of an army officer or a military leader are the same. So they can be applied in the corporate world, which is also quite similar across the world. That's, that's wonderful. And now uh, let's move to my next question. Like you are a student forever. 
right? Uh, what is it like getting trained by world-class global trainers? I think Jack Canfield, Anthony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Bob Nelson, Michael Lozier and John Fope, right? So these are a few names that come to my mind having gone through your profile and all. So is there any specific learning that stayed forever with you from these guys? Lots of them. Lots of them. Lots of them. See, when I came out from the army, I don't know, I was lucky. God gave me the thought that forget about your 34 years of laurels that I was in the army. Forget the past. So I realized that if I have to be a corporate trainer, and particularly after, you know, first few years went into focusing on schools and colleges, which didn't work much. So when I had to step into the corporate world, I said, okay, I can apply my army uh, experience here, but I'll have to go beyond. If I aim to be a world-class trainer, I must go to world-class leaders and learn from them. So the first person I learned was from Jack Ken. I still remember he came to Mumbai. There's a friend of mine who had done his workshop in Delhi four days earlier. He told me, Sushil is coming, you must attend. I said, how much does it cost? He said, 17,000. I just left the army, put all my money into a new business. 17,000 was a very big amount for a one-day workshop. But he insisted and he said, it'll be worth it. And it was. So I realized, and that's again my message to people, the best investment you can make in your life is in your personal development. The best investment you can make. Investment in property, investment in gold, they're all okay. But there's no... So you must have uh, and I feel that's my philosophy now. About 20% of what you earn must go back into your self-development. So invest into acquiring more skills, upscaling, upscaling and reskilling, whatever. Because what will take you forward in life is your capability. And your capability needs enhancement. It needs reinforcement. It needs refreshing. It, it can't be... I always give this example. People buy a new phone every time. Why do you find, oh, you know, it's got new memory. It's got, you know, it's got more memory. It's got more battery power and all that. What about this device? You have to, the, the way you keep upgrading your devices, the same way you need to upgrade yourself also. You have to have a newer version. If you look for, okay, this was i5 and now I want i10 and all that, you better also improve your version. And please, I, I tell my students, when are you when are you announcing your next version in the market? So Jack Caltreed was one. Then <clears throat> I did a couple of them like Bob. You saw that Michael Lozier and all that. Then ultimately my my aim was to go and do something with Tony Robbins because but Tony Robbins was expensive and and Tony Robbins has never come to India till today. Some of his online programs have been there, but in person, he has not done a program in India as yet. I was in uh, Singapore. I had gone to visit my daughter and he had come there. So I took that chance and attended his three days program there, which totally shook me up. So I learned a lot. So when you say life's lessons, many of them, one, uh, one after the other, you know, like he talked about energy, 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 that energy boosting up came from him. He talks about massive action. He talks about massive action. I realized thinking and acting, thinking and acting in that sequence, not act and think, but think and act. Okay. So these are some of the things which got ingrained in me, like it, they became a part of my life. I, did, I don't know. also remember it's Tony Robbins. It is my own DNA now. In Singapore, he announced his UPW, which is happening in Sydney. And without much thinking, and you know, when I when I sometimes talk about my programs, people start saying, "Nay, sir, paisa nahi hai." Mere paas paisa nahi tha. 
it was about 3 lakhs of expense in 2015 but i'm telling you i made an advance of 20000 which uh, that was a minimum advance that you had to go give, uh, give to book your seat and i said 20000 de do i will manage i'll figure out because where the will is there you if you know that you are going to get some returns you will invest so take it as an investment not as an expense so i gave 20000 rupees then in the due course of 2 3 months i managed there was upheaval at home my wife was very unhappy about it and all that but still i knew my wife is not going to run away just because of this so man jayegi baad mein but abhi let me not go by emotions and sentiments let me do what i need so what you need and what you want and what are you committed these three words have to be understood nothing happens by wanting people want success but people want success in their comfort zone and in my book i mentioned comfort zone is a decay zone you'll decay there you can't you can't progress in your comfort zone anything that is good in life anything that is worthwhile is difficult nothing that you do which is really good is easy whether it is going to the gym whether it's passing an exam anything that is going to give you results is not diff- easy it's difficult so you have to choose the difficult path and there's a prayer we have you know in the india there's a prayer and one line of that prayer i never forget and i quote it to people god give me the capability of choosing the harder right instead of the easier wrong give me the capability of choosing the harder right the harder option which is the right option and then take plunge and say i will do it so self confidence is another thing ami gave me that self confidence now you have that confidence i can do it yeah so then after that lot of others you know the uh, the names you have taken were probably uh, maybe i have not refreshed it on my website and all blair singer sam cawthon sam cawthon i have spent about 6 lakhs in doing his i am already a speaker i was already speaking on the stage but he does something he's got something called speakers institute and i did his prodigy program for 6000 rupees 6 lakh rupees only to bring myself to another level so if you want to be professional you have to all do all that such a powerful uh, thoughts of wisdom and i am truly inspired in fact uh, yeah i am realizing the value of those uh, programs and also initially you might think it is kind of expensive but we will get a lot uh, more than what we spent so thank you for uh, sharing all those details so now let's talk about uh, your uh, book this uh, million dollar second wherein you talk more about uh, being time conscious rather than managing time right so what do your what are your tips in terms of managing the time wisely firstly i say there's nothing called time management it is life management you don't manage time time is fixed so what do you manage is your life what do you manage is your work okay so self management or or life management is what people call time management it's ma- you know when you say time management your mind straight away goes into tools that you want how to do it make a to do list or get an app or all that that is not what i thought was important because people who use these tools still don't manage their time people have a to do list they can't complete it and thing like that procrastination comes in i came out with a realization that time management is not an issue time consciousness is an issue when i say time consciousness i'm t- talking about being conscious being aware of the value importance and relevance of time do i really care for time do i respect time what is my relationship with time what is my relationship with time do i let it go do i let it go or i catch hold of it i am not so much for you know 
I may get late for many things. But if I've been able to do three things instead of two and got late on one of them, my overall return is still better. So if I want to be like branded as, oh, he's never late. Maybe in a place like Bombay, I'll do two meetings in a day. And I was never late because I went half an hour earlier and sat down in his office. Well, I'll waste half an hour there. Of course, I tell people, you don't even have to waste half an hour. Now you can be on your mobile and you can, you, you can answer some calls, you can answer some messages, all that. You need not waste time. But if instead of that, I'm just on time and maybe five minutes earlier and that is what I plan at, but I do five meetings instead of three, I'm okay to get late for five minutes for one. So I have developed a system which is more practical, which is like on the fly. That even if I have not been able to make a to-do list, my mind should have it. So I have a complete system of, around it as to how to do it. And it works very well. So I advocate that, but that's a that's in a long time management workshop. So yes, I so million dollar second was um, in fact I'm going to now rewrite this book or maybe coming with a second edition because there are 150 odd videos on YouTube which are free are beyond this book, which means after this book was written, the type of knowledge I gained, the type of experience I gained, the type of feedback I got from people resulted in that. Wow, uh, that that's so inspiring. And uh, one thing that stuck to me is respect the time. Do you yeah. want to let it go or do you want to use it wisely? Now, uh, this has been fabulous conversation, Sushilji, but let's add some spice to the episode. Are you ready for a quick rapid fire round? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> All right. So can you share with our audience what was your childhood fantasy? Childhood fantasy actually was always to fly. But very soon the army took over. So I think somewhere it got lost. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So uh, what is the best piece of advice that you have received so far? You know, my grandfather was my best uh, best teacher. And one advice that he gave me right from the beginning was that, that forgive people. Forgive people. And uh, that has been a part of my life. I always forgive people for whatever wrong they have done. Because I think I also do wrong and they also done wrong. So I don't take it uh, against them for the lifetime. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Now, can you share any other life-changing incident <laughs> that changed your perspective apart from joining the Sinic School? You mentioned about that. Other than that, is there any other life-changing incident? So life-changing incident, uh, of course, um, uh, changing from army to corporate was a life-changing experience. And um, uh, that one little lesson which I talk about there is are you prepared to explore the unknown? Exploring the unknown is a, is a part of life which, you know, the moment you prepare for that, that, okay, I'll try out new things. Okay, and another thing, yeah, Brian Tracy taught me this. He said, if you want to succeed in life, double your failure rate. And I said, what does that mean? And then he explained, you normally don't attempt anything that you think you'll fail in. You don't attempt it because you think the fail will so he says, if you're prepared to fail and you say, and I've got a quote around that now when I say, my quote is, what's wrong about being wrong? I didn't come to this planet to be right all the time. So it's okay to be wrong. I'm prepared to be wrong. And I'm prepared to admit that I was wrong. So what he said is that if you think that you can't do something, you try it. Ten Out of 10 times, 6 times, you will not fail in what you thought you were going to fail. So that is how you're going to increase your success rate. Wonderful. Here comes my next one. What is your favorite word in another language other than English or Hindi? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would say like, uh, I know Russian. 
and uh, the the term that i uh, use very often and i love it is ya lublu vas i love you <laughs> <laughs> i love ya lublu vas right ya lublu vas ya lublu vas all right great learning for me and here comes the last one for the rapid fire what is a fantasy gadget uh, that you like to see or invent yourself really speaking never thought of it but now that you are saying uh, maybe that you know like when we have a mobile or we are on zoom now i could also have a cup of tea with you so you could give me a cup of tea and i could have a cup of tea with you so maybe sometimes we will be able to online deliver also so that amazon goes away and <laughs> and you know uh, something like the atm that you say something and your device only delivers you whatever you want so something wow. like that <laughs> such a creative thought All right, great rapid fire, Sushil ji. Now let's flip back to the mainstream. And before I let you go, one final question for today's conversation: What will be your biggest piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers or lives? Anything you can pick. Today, you see, we always say change is the only constant. We say that. When my grandfather was young, things were changing. When I was young, things were changing. Things are changing today. But today, for people in this current generation, today's current world. I think the greatest thing that you can start doing today is learning how to cope up with the speed of change. The speed of change is something which is the biggest challenge today and people who are going to be successful in future are clearly those and time management is going to be one of the very important things where you are prepared to change and you are prepared to, you are flexible you can do things on the fly and you can get the best out of your time because time is a resource that'll remain constant. everything else can change but there will be always 24 hours in a day even 100 years later so that is one resource people don't realize it's a resource time is a resource the only resource which is equal to everyone equal with your competitors the president of usa has the same time that a rickshaw wala in mumbai has no change okay and that's the only resource that is predictable because i know that even after 100 years there'll be 24 hours in a day make make the best use of this resource at least on one place you are level field with anyone in the world wonderful such a powerful advice and uh, thank you so much sushil ji for joining me and it was thought provoking and i feel super energized after the conversation thank you so much for your time and really appreciate your wonderful wonderful insights thank you thank you very much All right so that was a fantastic conversation with uh, brigadier Sushil Bhasin and folks before we move into the trivia section here is a request to you in case if you haven't subscribed to us please subscribe from the app where you have tuned in from also if you have loved this episode and found the conversation useful request you to share with at least 3 of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice thank you so much in advance now let's hop into the trivia segment of today's episode And today we spoke a lot about battlefield to boardroom strategies and how military leadership helps somebody in the corporate world, right? Let's take a step back and understand about U.S. presidents who worked in the Air Force or Army. You know, two U.S. presidents, Ronald Reagan and George Bush, served as airmen. Reagan served when the branch was still known as the Army Air Forces, whereas George Bush served in the Texas Air National Guard before transferring to the Air Force Reserve. Interesting, isn't it? That's all for today. So, folks, before I let you go, request you to share your topic recommendations or guest speaker suggestions by contacting me through social media or email me at theguidingvoiceforyou@gmail.com. 
Thank you in advance. I'm your host Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make a difference in the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Until next time, bye bye. See you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest.